<laughs> <laughs> we want to be entertained. And so you start if you ever now. do you want to say something to the people? Do you want to say something to the supposed to talk? Yeah. Hi everybody. I'm Deacon Pat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rectory number two. He's living in rectory number one with Andy Medeshevic and Father Jerry Gunderson, our beloved, illustrious pastor. Um, and so Deacon Pat is here with us, and I thought I just wanted to like, guys, it's so exciting that we are about to see him ordained as a priest. And so, how like, how are you feeling right now? I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, you know, but we are in this period of uncertainty. So the scheduled date is May 16. Yeah. The actual date, hopefully, will be May 16. But we're waiting on news to see what yeah. it's going to look like. If it's going to go ahead as it was normally scheduled, if it's going to be a more private affair, if it's going to be postponed, all those things are yeah. being discussed. With the corona, yeah. You know, I love being a deacon. I love being a deacon at Mary's seat. I love serving at the altar with you two. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> serving at the altar with Father Jerry. <laughs> So if that's what happens, I'm, I've definitely, you know, it's been something to, to bring into prayer, something yeah. I've prayed through. Um, and obviously I would, I would love it to go forward on May 16th, but if it's delayed, then that's, that's okay too. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, it's definitely, you know, everybody says when they get out of seminary that it's been a long journey. And it is. It is a long journey. I entered seminary in 2014, mm. and this is 2020, so six years. And my journey was shorter than a lot of guys. A lot of guys will do eight years or, or even more. Um, but there is. It's this period of preparation, a period of getting ready, of learning uh, what it is that a priest does, learning yeah. how to do those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no substitute for actually you know, getting your boots on the ground and going out and, and serving. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that new, it'll be a new chapter. Yeah. So what was it that got you in the seminary then in the first place? What did you see in the priesthood that you thought would be fulfilling or what attracted you to it in the first place? Yeah, it's a good question. For for me, it was a long journey. So I worked for a long time. So I graduated. I, I had studied computer science in undergraduate. Went to Notre Dame, studied computer science there. Loved it. Went to graduate school, studied computer science there. Loved it. And it wasn't actually until my third year of graduate school when I started to realize that maybe this isn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so that was after seven years of, of study. And from that point, it took a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. So I knew kind of what I didn't want to do. So I say like I discerned out of computer science, but I didn't actually discern into anything. Uh, And then there was this long stretch of experimentation of trying different professions. So I was a kindergarten teacher in Taiwan for a year. uh, And that took, I was able to discern out of that very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to the Taiwanese who are listening, no doubt. That's right. We've got a huge viewing so many so many listeners in taiwan, in taiwan they could you. have potentially oh been gosh. very offended at that i forgot we have listeners around the world <laughs> around the world right hong kong ireland yeah we actually do which is crazy yeah big mistake 
But no, the, the Taiwanese were wonderful. The Taiwanese, I, I love Taiwan so much that uh, I didn't want to leave. I actually spent a few extra months there just studying the language. So they speak Mandarin in, in Taiwan. And after coming back, I felt like, you know, there was something for the, the Chinese culture, the Chinese language, the Chinese people that kind of got lodged in my heart. You're welcome. And <laughs> buttering up Father Derek. <laughs> yeah. So even I came back to the U.S. and then worked for three years, give or take, three or four years. And that whole time I kind of had it in my head to go back to Asia. And so the stars kind of aligned, things uh, lined up where I was able to finish the job that I was at. I had some money saved up. And so then I moved to Beijing just to study Chinese full time. So I felt like, you know, I'd spent a year in Taiwan. I'd gotten to a certain proficiency with the language but wanted to take it to the next level and so I spent a whole year just living in Beijing full-time studying the language and then from there I actually found a job in the southern part of the country and and stayed for another four years so I spent a total of five years there mm-hmm. and it was during that process that I began to discern the priesthood because again it was you know I had gone from being a kindergarten teacher to going into computer science for a period of time to, to being in China, to working in China, to having some proficiency with the language, but still having that kind of unsettledness in my heart, still feeling like this wasn't exactly what God was calling me to. And from there, I started to explore the, the priesthood. And then I found that the more I looked into the priesthood, the more I learned about it, the more attractive it became. Like what? Like what was attractive about it? I think the, the whole thing. I mean, just the, the opportunity to live a life of prayer, to live a life of service, learning about aspects like discipleship. So these were, there were some concepts that I, even having grown up Catholic, was not familiar with. And, you know, learning about these things, things like discipleship, meeting people who were living out their faith and seeing the difference that it made in their lives, how transformative faith was in their lives, and then seeing that own, that transformation happening in my own life and thinking, okay, if, if, I really want to serve people. If I really want to help people, that help isn't going to be, you know, through material things. It's going to be spiritual help, right? Like underlying even material poverty, oftentimes there's a spiritual poverty. And underlying material wealth, oftentimes there's a spiritual poverty. And so thinking, if I really truly want to help people, then to go and work at that spiritual level to help people come into relationship with God and with Christ. So awesome. Good answer. Yeah, that's beautiful. I just can't wait to call you Father Pat or Father Gorman, whatever you're going to prefer. What do you think? prefer anything. I just can't wait to call you Father because you're going to be a dad. So excited. I'll call you Father Pat. That's, I think that's, I like Father Pat. I think that's the direction things are going in. Yeah. But it these is weird. Just, it takes right? some time to get used to. What, would, what is one of your favorite things about Mary Seat being here? Mary Seat has an incredible reputation that precedes Ooh. itself. So when I got assigned to Mary's seat, when I was up at Mundelein, we had a big unveiling. Each of the seminarians had an envelope. And then at mass, we were told after communion, okay, we all are going to open up our envelopes. We're going to pull out a card. And on that card is going to be our assignment. And so I pulled that card out and I looked at it and saw Mary's seat of wisdom, Park Ridge. And my first question was, Where's Park Ridge? <laughs> I think we just talked about that a couple weeks we ago. We did. Like a couple podcasts ago. Oh my gosh. 
Like, what? Well, okay, that's great. Yes, Margaret, no idea. No idea. <laughs> but then as soon as we started talking, the seminarians amongst, amongst ourselves and saying, you know, where are you assigned, where are you assigned, uh, Francisco immediately told me, mm. you're going to love it there. Mary Seed is an incredible parish. The people are incredible. Yeah. You're going to love it. Uh, I think the first two people I met were Kevin and Marie who go to mass, you know, every single day. They're there every weekend. Oh yeah. They're and rock stars. Incredible. Right. Yeah. Just, just incredible. And walking into the gathering space, Kevin, who, you know, God bless him. He's, you know, he's probably 90, give or take five years. And he gave me like a high five and introduced himself. And then he found out that I was from Ohio. He's actually from Ohio as well. Nice. We had an instant, instant connection. And it was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a sign from God. This is going to be a wonderful assignment. And then last summer, Father Derek came. <laughs> Which was, everything fell apart. Everything. It was you like the icing out, right? on the icing on the cake. Awesome. I went for a run today, and uh, right at the end, I saw the Santucci family. Um, so Paul, Kate, Taylor, Haley, Joey, and little Emily. Um, so they were flying kites out in the front yard. Nice. As a kid, I was always, I am kite challenged. Um, and so it was great to see them flying kites and actually doing it because I could never do it as a kid because there was something wrong with me. So shout out to the Santucci family. Um, we're praying for you. We're praying for the whole parish. God bless you. How do you say goodbye in Chinese? Sai Tian. Sai Tian. Hey, that's not bad. Sai Tian. Mary C's Quarantined is a Mary C's of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.